Welcome to the Leadership Roundtable, a podcast with Dr. Conway Edwards, where our goal is to help you increase your leadership capacity. Let's get ready for today's episode. Welcome to the Leadership Roundtable, a podcast with Dr. Conway Edwards, where we get together every month and talk about how we can expand our leadership capacity. I want to thank you for joining us. Make sure you go to our webpage, visit 1cc.com slash leadership roundtable. You can download the show notes that will accompany our talk today. How are you doing today? I am doing well, fired up after the conference, enjoyed it tremendously. And if you weren't there, you need to get the downloads yes. and figure out one way. I mean, it was awesome. So figure out how to get it, and I uh, will tell you more about that at the end of our at the end of our show today. Yeah, you'll be able to grab all of that at climb-conference.com where you can relive that. Today we've got an exciting topic to talk about that you probably heard a little bit about at the conference, and we're talking about today why culture matters. What is Woo. this word culture? Why does it matter so much? And what does it look like to build culture? Well, if you want to know, it's all in this book right here called Fence Post Leadership. If you picked it up at a conference, you'll jump in there and see it. If you didn't, well, you can jump into it now. Just go to the same website and you can pick that up. Um, we believe in culture so much at our church that uh, we've now created these cubes uh, with all the things that we value, people who excel in our culture. Mm-hmm. Here's why, because we are convinced um, that your culture, the culture you create, will attract the right people and repel the wrong people. Uh, culture basically tries to remind you that this is this is this is who excels here, and this is if this is not you, then you probably won't like it here. And so it it gives a it helps people make decisions without you being there. Um, for example, at uh, at Netflix, they've got this thing called First Principles. And so they only hire people who have bought into First Principles. In other words, nobody has to tell somebody you should fly coach uh, versus first class because, because the culture tells you, the First Principle says, we only want people that would um, treat resources like it's their own and not because you've got a bigger budget means you just need to spend resources. So we believe that culture really helps. It's not that it, it, it uh, as some books would argue, it's not that it's culture eats strategy. Strategy is very important. Culture yeah. is very important. But, but how do we how do we enjoy ourselves here in our organization? How do we? What's the rules like? The unspoken rules. Right. What are those like in our in our environment? And if you're clear on those, then you know how to hire the right people, and you know when something or somebody is just not working out. Yeah, culture is really big. And it really is where you set the bar and also where you guard the bar. It's mm-hmm. easy to, to put culture on the wall, just like it is values, but it's really the guarding of it that makes a difference because we're either promoting things or allowing things. We're setting the culture either directly or indirectly, yeah. actively yeah. or passively. So, And you can tell real quickly when you hire somebody that it's not the right fit. You can just tell. You, can, you should know it before, but if you, if you miss the ball, then it, it, the, the quicker you release the person, the better it is for the environment. Because once you set your culture, you know, you can see it from a mile away when somebody's not going to fit. Yeah, and there's two options um, that negatively affect culture. Mm-hmm. You can either dilute it or you can pollute it. That's exactly right. So when right. you've got a culture somewhere... You either add something to it, you're polluting it, something that you've got a culture and you say, you know what, I think it needs a little bit of this. Yep. So you add something yep. in to make yep. it what you think is complete or you dilute it. 
In other words, I'm going to pull something out. Man, I really love this church, this business, except for this 15%. So I'm going to dilute it, take this out, and I'm going to promote this 85%. And you begin to dilute it. And Mm -hmm. everyone that you either dilute or pollute, they get a new culture that's That's not what you originally designed. 100%. And if you just remember that everybody grows up in a culture. The culture you're in in your home, that's a culture. Yeah. Uh, the school you went to, that's a culture. So everywhere you go, you get a culture. And and so you've got to make sure you guard yours because you have thought about it long enough to make sure that people, when the when the environment is this right, then things grow. Uh, when the environment is not right, then things, it's only a matter of time before they deteriorate. So when somebody comes into your culture, you've got to make sure they know what your culture is and that there's some things that they used to do and love to do that we just don't tolerate here. And and, and, and they're going to feel early on in life a rubbing, a agitation that's going, to, that's going to rub them the wrong way. And then you have to have the hard conversation and the difficult challenge to talk through it with them. And if you're not courageous enough to talk through it with them, then they'll try to shift your culture because they think it is. And the last thing I want to say before we jump into ours is, and you got to watch personalities with this because just because um, you're detail oriented and you are um, an introvert doesn't mean you get to not share your thoughts, doesn't mean you get to not love to have fun. It means that you've get to make some adjustments and we don't want you to be somebody else. We want you to be you, but you can't say that the other person who is gregarious and outgoing, that they're just, they're not cool because they're forcing you to be that. It's part of the culture that we have created. So you can't use your your personality as an excuse to justify why you don't want to participate in things. That's part of teachability and growth, which is, happens to be one of the 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 um the culture codes in our church. That's right. Now we've got eight of them. Uh-huh. We've got eight things that that we say here. If we're going to build culture, people who excel in our church and our culture, we've got the culture cube. Yep. Um, kind of like a Rubik's cube, I That's guess it. that you're putting together there. I'm going to ask you about the first one. The yep. very first one is people who excel, people who get it here, have a servant spirit. Absolutely. Well, theologically, you know it, uh, or leader of leaders, Jesus Christ himself said, I didn't come to be served. I didn't come to right. to, to walk around with a, with an S on my chest. I, I came to be a servant. Therefore, um, I think we should follow suit in that. Uh, our desire, or passion as a church is that we don't come with a know-it-all attitude, but we come with a, how can I help somebody else get better? How can I, how can I use the gifts and abilities God's given me to serve the body of Christ, to serve the people in our community? to serve our staff, to serve each other so that we can become and maintain being the best that God has called us to be. You know it. When you see somebody with pride that my idea is the best idea, when you see somebody who always has an issue with everything and they always want to get their two words in, then it just it just tells you that there's, there's a little bit of haughtiness there. And the Bible tells us that if you're in the exalting business, God's going to humble you. And if you're in the humbling business, then God's going to exalt you. And so it just... It just solves so many problems when you say we're here to be servants. So, in addition to that, Pastor Matt, that's that's why we don't we don't have preferential parking spots because then that would mean that you're more important than somebody else. We 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 don't have large, massive places where senior leaders hang out because we're just like everybody else. And on Sundays, you shouldn't be in the office anyways. You should be where people are because that's your job, to shepherd and pastor people. And you cannot say you're a pastor, but you don't smell like sheep. The only way to smell like sheep is to go hang out with them and serve them. 
That's right. And um, I, I, it's from the top all the way down to the bottom. Absolutely. And, um, you know, just, just a little shameless self-plug. Um, you had a sheep on stage recently. Oh, That's gosh. a whole other topic, <laughs> but... Um, and the stage smelt like sheep. That sure did. Um, he, uh, but he yeah, a, I, lo- I love it. Time. I love it. Serve, and that's what I love here. It's it's nobody big, everybody small. That's it. Um, number two is loves to have fun. People who excel here are people who love to have fun. Absolutely. That's not what it looks like on the surface. It looks like on the surface is just people who like to party. Yeah, that's it. That's it. But what it says here is never takes his or herself too seriously and can laugh at themselves mm-hmm. in the presence of others. If you can't laugh at yourself, that means you're going to take things too seriously. And if you take things too seriously and nobody nobody can ever laugh at you because you're sure going to laugh at somebody else when they you know act in a weird way, um, then it just sets the tone of be people being easily offended and so on. Plus, if this is your life's calling, you really want to have fun doing it. Yeah. And you want to love the people and you want to goof off and and uh, you know, our team takes it a little too far sometimes because Pastor Matt has this group chat that he has going and he just has a heyday. Anything you do wrong, he's going to take a picture of it and send it across like the entire world, right? Uh, but but it's 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 just laughing at yourself and saying, yep, I shouldn't have done that. And all I have to do is put up like these two fingers and everybody know what I'm talking about, right? Uh, that's an inside joke. Oh, but, but but I probably said Don't something I shouldn't have said on stage. And so everybody teases me now and just walk around when they're mad. And they said, just take these two fingers. And, you know, it was uh, our funny way of being lighthearted, okay? But I just enjoy laughing. And ministry work is so hard that if you cannot laugh, enjoy yourself, a good belly laugh, fall on the ground laughing over then um then where else do you do it and shouldn't christians be some of the happiest persons people on the planet which is why we believe you have to love to have fun yeah you definitely do what what happens in the group text stays in the group text (laughs) so um (laughs) pastor conway's not in the group text right i need to be in there i need to check it out no you're good number three number three (laughs) is somebody who excels in our culture is someone who has a warrior spirit I, i just Whenever I hear warrior, I think Braveheart. That's it. I think Mel Gibson with a blue face charging into battle. That's it. That's it. In other words, um, we know beyond a shadow of it, the the big things God's called us to do as a church is to um, win people to Christ because people are, are lost and need to be saved and to grow people up in Christ. That is, people who say they're Christians but not living like a Christian or a job is to make sure that we bring alignment to who Christ is and who they are. In light of that, that's not an easy task. And it's an uphill battle. And the enemy is not going to give over people's heart just because you ask. And so ministry is hard. And it, it, it takes time and it takes it takes putting your head down, carrying somebody on your back and taking them uphill. And um, the problem is most people have downhill, Dr. Maxwell would say, oh, most people have downhill habits but will have uphill goals. And that's just not going to work in ministry. And so it's time for us to grow up and realize the ministry is going to be tough, which means you've got to put the work in for the glory of God. And imagine when you see somebody working hard and you're not, it's going to inspire you to work hard too. So what happens if you have a group of people that are just hard working to get the assignment done for the glory yeah. of God, then it just becomes this incredible environment where, where you grow and there's new ideas and fresh ideas because everybody wants to get the job done to solve the problem and to inspire each other. That's good. Number four, 
teachable. I'm going to read this one to you. Mm-hmm. Knows development occurs over time, not in a day. Mm-mm-mm. Treasures feedback and exemplifies humility and integrity. Yeah, that's a tough one, man. Uh, but you've got to be teachable. Uh, you've got to be willing to learn. You've got to realize your idea is not always the best idea. You've got to realize that there's there's character deficiencies that you can't see about yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and you ought to welcome somebody loving you enough to tell you the truth about you. And if you cannot welcome that, it means you don't want to grow. It means yeah. you don't want to, you don't want to, you don't become yeah. more like Christ. And I just think it's sad when a believer is not open and willing for somebody to pour into, they don't have to tell you and they love you enough to share the truth about you. Um, we should, we should be more grateful and thank more people for being willing to tell us the truth than hide it and pretend as if it's not there because they're too afraid they might hurt your feelings. So teachability just says I'm open to learning from anybody at the top of the organization or at the bottom of the organization. And we don't become defense defensive, but we are open and grateful for people pouring into and sharing their thoughts about us. That's so good. Teachable is so good. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, I hear people say everybody says they want feedback until they get feedback. (laughs) Um, So it's actually being able to receive the feedback that you want. Um, Number five is self-aware. Someone Mm. who can accurately see their own flaws and can face the reality of their current situation. Golly. Uh, All self-aware means is nobody has to tell me my drama. I already know it. Self-aware means that nobody has to tell me what 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 I have difficulty in, uh, whether whether my personality is outgoing and I, and I, and, I, and I don't like to be quiet. I, I should know that about myself. Whether I'm, I have a tendency to be too negative, I should know that about myself. Whether or not I don't like feedback, I, nobody has to tell me that. I, I should know that and. I should be aware of it, which is why um, the idea of teachability, being open to that, um, feeds into self-awareness because the more people tell you, the more you see it, the more you're aware, the more you thank them, and then the more you come up with a plan to work on them. So whether it's the fruit of the Spirit, which one of those are you not good at? Well, I know I'm Mm. impatient, and so... um, People in my corner and people in our, on our team have to remind me, hey, man, you probably don't want to go in that meeting because they're probably going to go a little slower than you want them to go. Uh, or, you know, I, I'm, I'm not always kind and I need to be kinder. And that's one of the fruit of the Spirit. So, therefore, I need to ask God to help me to be a little kinder and not as abrasive as, as I have a tendency to be if I'm going to love the people around me and love my neighbor as myself. So, uh, Pastor Matt, what's some of yours? Um, I'm intrigued to hear. I just really think it's good how when you started talking, about you need to be kinder you mellowed your voice down a little bit you need to be a little kinder i need to not be abrasive yeah um i'm pretty much stubborn um i'm very stubborn i think my way is the best way um i get uh for me i can get worked up when things don't go for as plan a um i like to have a plan and when it goes off course that that gets me riled up Mm. but um i think the nuance for self-aware for me is that you, like you said with teachability, you can't truly be 100% self-aware without community around you. Correct. You've got to be open. I've got to be open because I've got so many blind spots that I've got to receive the feedback so that then I can be aware of where I really am mm-hmm. and be open to growing those. Mm-hmm. Um, but those, 
I think those are some of the big ones for me. Um, and, and it's easy now because when you when you when you're self-aware and you have a conflict with somebody and and they say to you, "Hey, man, you know that really hurt my feelings." You know, well, I didn't mean it that way. No, you say, "You know, what? I do have a tendency to do that," <laughs> and so I'm sorry. That's my bad. I own that. Um, hopefully, you got the information that I was trying to share. But I could have done it a much, much, much safer, smoother way. And um, and and it's the it's the ability to not counteract. Um, a negative with a negative, but do the opposite of what somebody's giving you. And if you're self-aware and you know your stuff, then you can be so open to a difficult conversation, but you can appreciate it because you know your own bent and your yeah. own tendencies. And what's tough is when somebody don't know their own bent and they always want to highlight your issue, but can't no, own their own. That's a whole it, other podcast. Yeah, it just becomes so disappointing, <laughs> so frustrating. And usually, um, you know, sometimes you have to, you have to part course, and I and I think it's unnecessary. The more self-aware and open you are to realizing that, yeah, I probably did say that in the wrong way. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yep. Cool. Number six. Yeah. What do we got? Number six is going to be one of your favorites. Grateful. Oh. I'm appreciative of the position God has placed you in, and honored to have a role contributing to the kingdom. Come on, somebody. Grateful. Grateful. It is. I, I don't know. I just think maybe it's because I'm from Jamaica or something, but I, everything I have, I'm so grateful for. There's not a day that goes by that I'm like, God, I don't deserve to be here. Why Why do I even get to do this? I don't even, I can't believe it. I get to drive in a car, go to the house, I get to go. I, the, the kids, I get to. I just can't. I really can't sometimes. And, and so there's just a spirit of. I'm not going to be entitled because everything I have, I shouldn't have it. So I'm just appreciative for what I have. But when you when you start there, then anything you're so overjoyed that you got it that you never you're never thinking you deserve it or that's yeah. mine to get. You just say, God, you did it again, and I'm grateful for the opportunity that I get to appreciate whatever I have. Well, here's what that eliminates: it eliminates entitlement. It eliminates, I, well, this is my, I deserve this. It eliminates all of that because you simply have a spirit that I deserve nothing and I'm grateful for everything I have. I think that should be the spirit of every believer because you know, apart from Christ, you wouldn't even, you wouldn't even have the audacity to speak the things you're saying, but for Christ. So therefore, uh, just start right there. Everything I have is because of the grace of God and be grateful for it. And start to cultivate that by giving thanks. Every time. Um, I mean, I, I do truly believe if I was from Jamaica, I'd be more grateful, too. So <laughs> that's, that's my excuse. I'm entitled. Um, but, but I do but, think but, that has a lot to do with it, for real. Oh, it absolutely International. It, abso- it It's so much easier because you know that you didn't come from a whole lot. So anything you have, that's right. you just be like, I'm grateful. And then you can go look back and realize, why me? Out of all that three point, how many million people, why did I get the chance? to come to America. So it just gives you a sense of appreciation. But I think if we're looking at it from a Christian perspective too, we can say, why did God choose me? He didn't have to select me. Why am I the one that get to then partner with him to do ministry? It should be the same thing because this is not our home. We're just passing through. So this this is even better because now that you have kids who were born here. Oh gosh. I, must spank. I don't even well, have to I finish the say, question. I, don't, I can't say I'm going to spank him. But, uh, well, anyways. Um, yeah, that's so Now much more you difficult. battle it from a whole oh, other perspective. Oh, it's a whole different battle. And it don't make sense. It don't matter that you take them to another country <laughs> for two weeks. They don't care. They know they're just, they're just popping him to go back to their life. So, yeah, it's a completely 
different spirit and attitude and training that you have to lead them in because they believe and they know. You can't say, <laughs> you can't say well, uh, yeah, we can't afford that because it's a lie. Then you can't say, well, um, we, just, we just don't need that. Why, Mom? You, why, Dad? You can afford it. I say, yeah, but that's my money, not yours. And then it becomes a whole challenge. So, yes, it's <laughs> tough. You know the drill. <laughs> I mean, it's, oh, you know what? And, and for the listener listening in right now, we have just launched a new podcast called Your Greatest Accomplishment. That's right. So you can podcast. check out a new parenting podcast. For yep. those of you leaders out there who want to translate this into parenting, you, you've got to check that out. And it was just launched last month, and uh, Pastor Andy Stanley is the first one talking about his parenting book. It's great. You should go listen to it. You'll love it. Yes. But, but, but I just think when you, have a, when you have a group of grateful people, you minimize arguments, and you minimize yeah. a haughty spirit, and you minimize... Um, just unnecessary conflict yeah. because everybody know we don't deserve it. We're just a group of people that God is using the foolish things of the world to confound yeah. the wise. And if you stay in a posture of humility and of gratitude, I think, I think you can get much more done faster than normal. Yeah. And that was the second time in this podcast you've dropped the word haughty on us. Is that right? A okay. haughty, yeah. My, so my just, a haughty spirit. I know you're being serious, but I, yeah, <laughs> just thought that was a good little moment right there. Number seven is mission from God. We're getting to the last couple. Mission from God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing is bigger. Our service is not bigger than ourselves, and we serve out of the overflow by prioritizing spiritual growth. Um, I don't know anything that drains you quicker than forgetting your why. I don't know anything that drains the, the Christian who is in ministry faster than, than you not remembering that um, God called you to be on mission and you need to live that out for the glory of God. That's good. And so I just, I'm convinced that um, 12 men changed the world. Uh, Jesus discipled all 12 and then they went to work and you and I are here because of them. And I think it's our turn now. We're on the clock. We've got the baton. And, um, and I think we should be doing everything we can to make sure that uh, we transition that to the next generation so that they can run their race as well. But, but we should transition it better than they had. So I'm just convinced that um, as a pastor, as a minister, as a director of kids ministry, w whatever role you're in, that you ought to be um, convinced that you're on mission from God. And I think if you're not, you need to go figure out why you're doing what you're doing yep. and then remind yourself that there are people that are lost that need to be saved and people that said are saved that, that are confused, that are caught up in something and they need to be set free from it. And that's why you do what you do. Yeah. Yeah. Our why is the biggest fuel that we can have. Really um, is. Number eight. Well, hold on. Before we go there, can you imagine somebody that's not on mission from God? Then you got to come to work every day to mm -hmm. fire them up. No, they have to depend on you yeah. now to inspire them every single day, all because they're not on mission. So why would you hire somebody that don't believe they're called to this? Why do you hire somebody that, or, or why do you have a volunteer on your team that don't believe that this is what they were made for? I just think when you don't, you've got to then fire people up, which is why. Make sure they know that God called them to it. Yeah, that's the difference between why power and willpower. Mm. Why power will keep you going. Willpower... Ooh. will run out. Yeah. Um, you can only grit your teeth and bear it for so long. So. That's good. That's All right, right, last one. Number eight. What, what? This is such a good one to end on. Rejects negativity. Oh, yeah. Here Rejects we go. Rejects negativity. Here this one creeps go. in in so many ways. 
embrace your solutions and model of value one. This is so important. Here's why. Whenever I do hiring people, I used to say, hey, tell me why it didn't work at your last job. Oh, and really, it's a setup. I just I want to give them the permission to just go off on the person that they just finished working with. And if they do, then they'll never work here because I don't believe they should because whatever they say about the last person, they're going to say about you when they leave as well. I say, hey, man, tell me about if they, you know, <clears throat> mom or dad wasn't there. Tell me about, well, I just can't believe they did what they did. Oh, here we go. If they say that quickly, the spirit, the tone, the atmosphere, the, the environment they create is going to be a negative one. So people who are negative, they don't just shake it. It's there until God does the deep work of conditioning their heart to align to his word. So I believe you should always ask people and give people an opportunity to go negative to see if they will. And when they do, it's God's will for your life not to hire them. Praise the Lord. Okay? Now, the, the, this one is so important because when you're, when you're trying to solve complex problems and you got a negative person in the room, then all they're going to tell you is why it's not going to work. And you don't need people to tell you why it's not going to work. You need people to come up with a new idea that's better than the one you came up with so that collectively or collective thinking can get to a level that we weren't before we got in the room. So the reason you want people together is to come up with ideas that did not come into that room, that because we challenged and inspired each other, you get there. But when you have a negative person in that room, oh my gosh, you want to kick them out yeah. because they will shut ideas down very quickly. What are you thinking, Andy? I mean, I just think they're going to they're gonna say, I'm just being real. <laughs> I'm just being real with where this is headed. Right. And um, this goes in line with gratitude. The more grateful you are, the harder it is to be negative. Mm -hmm. And um, negativity can just creep in and infect any situation, yeah. any vision, any yeah. dream. Yeah. And we've got to resist that urge to say why and say why not. Yep. And be all in for what we're doing. And... And really, I, you just reject it. Yeah, and I think one of the reasons why people are negative, especially with their, your superior, let's say it's the director of kids' ministry or, or the pastor or the assistant by whoever it is, it's because you're not praying for them. You can't pray for somebody and that God's best over that person and be negative at the same time. And so if, if you're struggling with negativity, then whatever you're negative about, just pray over it and just say, God, bless it wildly. Let it blow my mind and yours, God, in Jesus' name. And the more you bombard heaven on behalf of that thing that you're negative, about the more your attitude and spirit changes because God's going to ultimately say you're a part of the solution for that. And so uh, if that's one of the things you're struggling with, then whatever it is that's bothering you, just pray and ask God not to let them see that it's wrong, but to ask God to bless the person wildly so that God can do what he does best in your heart, not theirs. By the way, one more thing, let me tell you this. Whenever God shows you the weaknesses of a leader, it's seldom for you. It's selling for them. It's for you. Yeah. And it's for you to see how you're going to handle now that you've seen a little more of the leader. So your job it is to do what you should have been doing anyways, which is pray for the people above you. Wouldn't that, wouldn't, isn't that what you want somebody to do for you yeah. that you're following? Yeah. So then make sure you're doing it. For everything you want somebody to do for you, do for somebody else. Because if you give, the thing you give will come back to you. Let me yep. say it again. If you give, it says give and it, whatever you give. So if you if you give gratitude, if you give appreciation, it will come back to you. If you give negativity, it'll come back to you. Whatever mm. you give, it'll come back to you. Mm. Cool? What else you got? So as we talk about these eight things, yep. um, 
you really need to examine which one of these is you, which is not you. You might have a totally different eight yep. for your culture, your yep. organization, your church. Um, but the important thing is to know, number one, if you're doing all of these right, then your name is Jesus. Um, <laughs> so we all have areas that we're weak at that we can grow at. Yep, and facts. part of that self-awareness is we've had staff meetings where we, we go around the room and say, hey, what do y'all think so-and-so is not so good at? Correct. And um, just to help make us all stronger. That's a great self-evaluation tool. That's beautiful. Hey, we have another one in the book that you got to talk about in closing, and that is uh, the people that won't make it in a culture. What are the oh, what are the what are the attitudes, the 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 values that when they have this, they will not make it in their culture? How many of them? Yeah, have we're that? gonna fly through this. We have yep. eight of these. Yes, we do. Number one, mm-hmm. if they will not make it, if they're disrespectful to leaders and have a bad attitude. Come on, the Bible tells us, right, didn't it? It says, children, honor your parents. It says, uh, uh, people who are followers, you got to honor those above you. you got to make it easy for them to lead. So if, you, if you're disrespectful to the authority God's placed over you, whether you like the authority or not, that's a, that's a quick no-brainer. You've got to go because you become toxic. Number two, someone who does not fight for the unity of the body of Christ. Number one enemy of the church is this unity. Therefore, John 17 tells us, Jesus is prayer, prayer that they are one as you and I are one. Therefore, the enemy's number one job is to attack so that it's not one. Your job, you must never, ever, ever be fighting against the oneness of the body. That's why this one's so important. You, you attack the unity of the body. It's a, I promise you, it's the quickest way for you to get right. somebody out of your organization. Number three, not willing to be a team player. Oh, that's, that's a no-brainer. If you just want your ideas and your ideas alone and you don't want to collaborate, you don't want to have incredible conversations, debates to come up with the best argument, if you just want your idea to thrive because you think you're the smartest person in the room, you probably need to go to somewhere where you're not the smartest person so they probably should remove you because you're only going to create conflict. Mm, number four, Someone who complains or gossips or lacks daily gratitude. Oh, God. You see how all of these are the opposites of the other one? If you complain, it means you're at the lid, which means you probably shouldn't be in the role that you're in. Complaining means I'm at the lid of my of the role I'm in, and I can't go any further. So as a, as a manager, it should be the first telltale sign that we need to create an off-ramp for you because you're a complainer, not a, not a problem solver. Number five, does not do their job or unwilling to admit their mistakes. Oh, that's easy. That just means uh, you're not a person of character. It means that you don't do everything you do to the glory of God, which means now we have to develop a character plan for you to help grow in that particular area. (laughs) Number six, (laughs) prideful or lack of humility. If the devil got kicked out of heaven uh, for pride, then you should get kicked out of the organization. Actually, we should have more church discipline for pride because I see it way too often. And everybody want to discipline for other reasons, but pride should be one of them too. That's That's what got the devil kicked out of heaven. Number seven does not spend time daily with God. My God, my God. Mm. Um, Intimacy, this is huge. This is a sermon I'm going to preach. Intimacy leads to capacity, which leads to authority. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2 tells you that the more intimate you are with Christ, the more you can handle. The more you can handle, the more authority gives you, the more the authority God gives you to take dominion. So if you want to be a spiritual infant, 
then you don't have any authority to overcome anything in the world. Mm. And God says that, 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 that he gave you the authority to take charge over stuff. The reason you're not taking charge over stuff is because you're still a spiritual infant uh, 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 sipping milk and not eating from the oh, word of God, gosh. which is a reflection of your intimacy with him. Oh, and the last one, number eight, someone who fears conflict or unwillingness to forgive. <laughs> Praise the um, Lord. Well, you know, you, you can't, you, if, you un, if, you un, if you have unforgiveness, it means every time you have communion, you shouldn't take it. So that means uh, if, if you do it every week, that means that mean you're not going to church anymore. If you do it every month, that means you can make it three weeks, but then you're going to have to come to Jesus. And if you do it and you still have unforgiveness, that means you're causing death on yourself. So therefore, j- j- just realize that, that saying you're sorry and explaining why you say you're sorry is such a big part of this deal. Uh, and that we ought to, we're in the ministry of reconciliation, which means we're saying we're sorry and we're overlooking people's wrong and we're taking the log out of our own eyes yeah. before we look at the speck in theirs. It's what Christians do. It's the it's the hallmark of Christianity to love those that are hard to love. So therefore it should be a part of should be a natural part of what we do to love those who are hard yeah. to love around us. That's good. So you've got the the people who will excel and the people who will not excel. Mm-hmm. So you need to have your culture and then your kryptonite to your culture that's exactly right that's exactly and i just think it's huge y'all if you do the hard work of setting your 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 whole culture up front and letting making sure people who you hire are in alignment people who you don't are 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 not in alignment then you don't bring them on then what you're doing is you're you're removing the little skirmishes so that we can do the hard work of ministry. If you don't, then so many other drama situations are going to roll into your organization. And then, first of all, people are not even like being there because everything is this long discussion about somebody else's attitude, which therefore holds back your mission, which therefore people don't want to work there, and therefore ultimately you don't get your mission done. So therefore, think long and hard about what do we really, what do we, what's important to us. And where do people thrive? What are those characteristics that make them thrive so that they can actually get their work done and work hard to get those done? Good. Thank you. This is the, the reason why culture matters to us, why it matters to you. So we want to thank you for joining us, Pastor Conway. Thank you. You bet you, man. For dropping knowledge. And Ooh, you need go to get go it. check out this book, Fence Post Leadership. Brand new release, 10 Leadership Essentials. It's going to be good when you check this out and walk through it. Now, for this podcast, if this has been helpful, please leave us a review or share this with your team or with somebody who this will make a difference in their lives and in their leadership. And also, reminder, on our webpage, visit 1cc.com slash leadership roundtable. You can get the outline of everything we talked about today. Come on, let's do it. Thank you all so much for joining us. We'll see you again next month. God bless. Thank you so much for joining the podcast today. It has been an honor to have you here with us. Now, just want to remind you that all of the resources we talked about today are available online at visit1cc.com slash leadership roundtable. Now, if this has been helpful, leave us a review, go out there and hit subscribe, and more importantly, share this with your team so that everybody can grow. We can't wait to see you next time.